What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner, and today I am going to run through the top seven ways that the fitness and nutrition industry has failed you. Now, this is something that I did as a blog series, which you can read on neurotypetraining.com, but if you guys know me, you know I'm long-winded and I like to elaborate on shit, so I figured we might as well just make this a full podcast episode so I can say my piece without feeling constricted by you know the amount of, of words I can use. And um, Even though my writing is long-winded anyway, I figured I can just ramble on about some of this stuff and give you guys some insight into my list of ways that the fitness and industry and fitness and nutrition industry has failed you. And this is coming from personal experience. These are all things that I went through myself and feel like we just need to create more awareness. We just need to continue to change the message and um, shift the tide. And I think we're getting there. Uh, so my goal is to just, like I said, provide more awareness, education, and uh, understanding around individual needs and, and context and how it's so important to look at everything through your own personal lens because the reality is that there is an abundance of information out there. Literally everything you need to know, you can find on Google. You can look it up. You can get, you know, there's just information overload and kind of sifting through all of that noise to go along with all the misinformation that's out there, you know, hopefully, um, you know, this will provide some insight for you guys. So, the top seven ways that the fitness and nutrition industry has failed you. Number one is restriction. Now, the message that has been hammered home a million and one times is that in order to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. 100% true. There is no denying that. There is no avoiding that or getting around it. You've got people who want to talk about hormones, to talk about gut health. They want to talk about you know time-restricted feeding and all this other stuff. All paths lead back to the laws of thermodynamics. You, have to, you still have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. Now, the problem with that statement is that it doesn't shine any light on individual context and it can lead to significant disordered eating behaviors. And I know because I experienced it and I've witnessed literally thousands of people who have gone through the same thing. Typically, when somebody comes to me, they're not coming from a place of thriving, they're coming from a place of having tried everything under the sun, just like I did, and still being frustrated and stuck. Now, what we see all the time in the dieting world is you want to lose weight, so you find a program. Typically, it's something that maybe is like a popular fad diet or something that a friend or family member tried and they're all excited about, so they get you to do it. Uh, you drive that you know that calorie deficit home because the program is is going to restrict in some way now it could be by eliminating food groups it could be just by you know calorie counting or macro tracking whatever it may be it could be a meal plan that already kind of has that built in you're going to end up following these guidelines or these rules that the program sets for you you go through this process you start losing weight you hit a plateau you end up having to reduce calories even more you find yourself 
stressed out because it's really difficult to live life and also follow, you know, these these crazy guidelines and this these rules and you start to develop this, you know, all or nothing mindset, you know, you you're either perfect or why even bother? And then inevitably you find yourself you know, going ham on a pizza or a cheesecake or, you know, beer and wings or whatever it may be. And you gain everything back plus interest. So the way that I view restriction is like a pendulum. The further you pull it back in one direction, the further it's going to swing forward in the other direction. And that would be like the, you know, just going all in on eating everything under the sun. And I'm telling you this from personal experience. I went, I was on the restrict and binge cycle for years. And every time I just thought I needed to be more compliant. I just thought I wasn't following the rules strict enough. And so I would do it again, be like, all right, this time I got this, I'm going to be perfect. And the, you know, the, the funny thing was that the more I, the more of my effort and energy I put into perfection, the worse I would end up as a result. So, you know, one of my first ever nutrition plans was a challenge that I did. It was like 1600 calories a day and time restricted. Uh, at that point, I was like 200 pounds, you know, pretty active. I lost a bunch of weight and then I would just have these epic binge cycles, like totally out of control. Like I would, it was almost like a blackout where you like wake up one day and you're like, what just happened to me? So I would gain it all back plus interest and then I would do it again. And then I would try to find the next thing. And the next program was just a different form of the same shit. It was just very restrictive, you know, very black and white. Here are the rules or here's the grocery list or here's the meal plan. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. Um, and over and over and over again, it just, you know, it got to a point where I, I knew like I had to make a change. Uh, I, I developed a, a really bad relationship with my body, a really bad relationship with food. Um, you know, it's, it's like the diet industry wants you to live in this state of restriction and it should really be viewed as a part-time job. Like dieting should be such a small percentage of the time. Like if you have weight to lose or you have fat to lose, that's totally fine. You can have that goal, but that should not be your life. It should not consume every ounce of your being. That should be something that is phased in to a protocol that fits within your lifestyle so that there's just small percentages of time where, you know, you buckle down, you make some, you know, some progress, but it's not to the point where you're overhauling everything in your life to make it happen. And it shouldn't be something that's, you know, chronic across the year. Um, it just, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's actually dangerous to do that from a, from a mindset standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, from a physiological standpoint. There's just so many reasons that we don't want to do that. Um, it creates an all or nothing mindset. Uh, it fosters a restrict and binge mentality. And, you know, it, it really, when we just focus on calorie deficit, calorie deficit, calorie deficit, it really ignores individual context and long-term sustainability, which is so important. So when it comes to the second thing, the second way that the fitness and nutrition industry has failed you, that would be lack of individualization. And, you know, we, we kind of see this trend starting to shift where more and more people are talking about, you know, personalized coaching, but we also kind of have to, you know, be a little bit more aware because I think that that message is being 
it's being stated more, but it's not necessarily being applied more, if that makes sense. So you've got programs that are like, you know, sign up for this truly personalized experience for only $9.99. It's like this really cheap offer. And trust me, if the price seems too good to be true, it definitely is. You get what you pay for. And then you end up going through this very formulaic, systematic process that's disguised as individual coaching. Um, but you know, lack of indi- individualization is something we see across the board. Uh, it can be you know, when you get, when you buy a program and it's like a meal plan that everybody gets, which is something that I got, or it's like, uh, a template or it's a formula. So like they'll enter your data into, you know, into their little calculator and spit out some numbers. Um, that doesn't factor in your wants, your values, your goals, you know, what your body is communicating. So your biofeedback markers, what you enjoy doing in your life, or even your personal preference. Like I've seen programs that are so dogmatic. They believe in this one way of doing things that it's like everybody has to be on high carb or everybody has to do intermittent fasting. And it's like, but if that doesn't fit the individual, uh, let's say you just feel better with lower carbs or let's say you feel better with more meals throughout the day and you don't want to fast and you shouldn't have to. Like uh, We see so many times with just you know this... Um, very cookie cutter, systematic approach that totally ignores individualization. Um, and that's, you know, we, we kind of, anytime you hear like this, this blanket statement or somebody stating like, you know, well, carbs are bad or fats are bad or, you know, fruit has sugar so it can lead to weight gain or, you know, eating after 6 p.m. is going to cause fat gain. Um, skipping breakfast is the best way to go. But then you hear somebody saying that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So there's like contradictions even within, you know, um, companies or programs that try to state that their way is the best way. If you don't, if you're going for a coaching service and they're not asking questions about your, your life and your values and, you know, how often, you know, what foods you enjoy and, how often you like to be social or have an alcoholic beverage on occasion, all of these things that make you who you are. Um, even things just like, you know, your, your why, like your why behind the why. So yeah, you want to lose fat. That's great. But what does that mean for you? Like, is it because you want to be there for your kids and be more active? Is it because you want to feel more attractive to your spouse? Like there's always a deeper meaning. Um, most services or programs like won't get to that root, but it's super important because when you have that deeper connection, um, you're going to be more consistent. You're going to uh, align with your actions. And I actually heard a comment today that said, when, you're, you know, when your heart aligns with your actions, confidence goes up and doubt goes down. Um, and that's going to be super important for consistency. But you know, we see this lack of indiv- individualization when um, programs will say like blanket statements across the board or they fit you into this cookie cutter style of doing things or this formula or template. Um, the bottom line is that your plan should be based off of your lifestyle, your personality, your goals, your biofeedback. You know, we kind of all have this unique metabolic fingerprint and no two people are the same. No two metabolisms are the same. We all have different jobs and stress and all of these things that make a difference. Um, so factoring in your values, your personal preferences, um, don't allow 
the industry to treat you like a number, to treat you like a statistic or a data point, um, and and kind of fluff it up as individualized coaching. It's very easy to spot if you know what you're looking for, if you know what's important to you. Um, and then again, one of like the initial things off the bat is if it's very cheap, there's a reason for that. It's because you know individualization takes time and effort and resources and connection and getting to know somebody. So um, there's there's going to be a higher price point associated with that. A cookie cutter program can, you know, basically they're copy and pasting everything. It's it's automatic. It's systematic. So that's why they can charge much less. So their model is it's almost like the uh, overflowing bathtub analogy. Like the water stays on. They keep bringing in more and more clients to appeal to the masses, but it keeps spilling over because it doesn't work for most people. So you've got this, you know, the water spilling over onto the floor and they keep the faucet running because it keeps spilling up. That's the model of, of systematic coaching. Um, and the unfortunate part is that 99% of the people it doesn't work for. Um, if you happen to just fortunately fit into their system, that's great and it can work and keep doing it. But, um, you know, it's always important to remember that you're an individual um, what worked for your friend or your spouse or your coworker or even the IG you know fit person that you follow like that's not going to work for you. So um, just be careful of that. People who are like, well, I did this, so naturally it's going to work for everybody. Like personal anecdote um, is great for that person, but that's it. You know, it doesn't really apply outside of that. So just keep that in mind. Um, number three for the top seven ways that the fitness and nutrition industry has failed you is lack of freedom. So kind of going along with number one, which was restriction, um, lack of freedom is like you basically can't live your life. You can't be, you, you can't be social. You start avoiding your friends. Like you basically your life becomes your diet. And if the thought of like, so we're about to hit the holiday season If the thought of like having Thanksgiving dinner stresses you out because you're like, how am I going to hit my macros or how am I going to follow my nutrition plan? Then, you know, something's not right. Uh, If you have friends that are like, hey, come hang out with us this weekend. We're going to go to this bar and do whatever. And that stresses you out. Then there's a lack of balance and a lack of freedom in your plan. Um, You know, like feeling guilty for eating a certain food because, you know, again, a lot of these programs will have what you can do and what you can't do. And it's like, all right, well, eat these foods and you've got your list. Don't eat these foods and you've got your list. And then you have a donut, you feel guilty because that's on your don't eat list. And you're like, damn, like I have to tighten things up. I can't believe I'm failing this. Like you, it, it fosters this, this mindset where you almost expect failure. Uh, and it's, it's crazy because a lot of the times we're, we're going into a program Thinking that it's the you know the solution, um, and we've we've failed before we even started because of the way that the system is set up because it doesn't allow for any freedom in your life it doesn't allow for any balance in your life and and you know I say balance and that's a word that I think gets thrown around too much but the point still remains the same that you need to be able to live your life you you shouldn't feel like you have to overhaul everything just to fit within your dietary protocol now. That doesn't mean that sacrifices don't have to be made. The way that I like to look at it as a quick assessment is this. Are my current habits going to get me to the result that I want? 
If yes, cool, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. If not, I know I have some changes to make. Now, making changes to accomplish a certain goal, that doesn't mean that I'm going to sacrifice all of the things that I value in my life. So I know for me, quality relationships are super important. And I say that because in my in you know previous years, I literally had relationships end because of how obsessed I was with dieting. So that was the point where there was no freedom in my life to actually put effort and energy into my relationships and they and they suffered for it. So that's what I mean when I say you shouldn't like yes you can make sacrifices but you shouldn't have to overhaul everything in your life and give up things that are super valuable and meaningful to you. So that lack of freedom it, it's like where you either feel like a success or a failure and there's no in between. You don't feel like you're in it for the long haul. You're you're kind of in this sprint mentality where you want to get done with this as fast as possible, which truthfully just means you're going to go back to your old habits anyway. Change takes time, you know, and so we look at I'd rather make small changes like if I look at my current habits and I know that they're not going to get me to where I want to be, I'd rather make small gradual changes over a long period of time that will eventually get there versus ripping the band-aid off. Um so you know, another thing that I like to think about is if I, you know, am looking at a coach or a program and I immediately get this like this this set of rules that I have to follow, I'm running the other way. You know, the, the reality is that we have to create our own rules and and there's no, you know, everyone has their own path. And, you know, a quality coach will kind of show you and help guide you on creating your own path. And they'll they'll help you connect the dots between why that path is right for you and how it makes you feel and how we can accommodate all the things that are are meaningful in your life. And that is the process of quality coaching, of truly individualized coaching. Um, All right, let's move on to number four. This is a big one. Like, honestly, this could be a whole podcast on itself, and that's fear-mongering. So, you know, if you were to listen to all of the statements that the fitness and nutrition industry you know, says you'd have to believe that you're broken, your metabolism is a mess, your hormones are a wreck, your gut health is terrible, that you need all these crazy supplements to fix yourself. Um, it's basically you you're like you're just a walking, talking hot mess of a situation is what the fitness and nutrition industry wants you to believe. And there's a reason for that. It's because people are emotional and and you know, our bodies, it's something that you know, it, it it stirs up a lot of emotion. We often um, put a lot of our self worth into our body image, even though it's important to try and disconnect from that. You know, we can be objective about our bodies and not. You know, we I can look at myself and be like, you know, I have a big head or whatever. But that doesn't mean I have to identify as that. You know, I can be objective and say I have some body fat to lose. But that doesn't mean you know it has to ruin my self image. So. But because it's such an emotional thing, um, the diet industry kind of preys on that. So um, you know they'll they'll sell you a problem so they can sell you a, a solution. So you know saying that your hormones are messed up, that your metabolism is broken, that you know you need these supplements because they're going to help you lose body fat and all this stuff. Um, now I don't want to undermine the people that do have conditions that require you know more of an elaborate or a complex approach 
for some people, you know, gut health may be the, you know, getting to the root of whatever your issues are. If you have something like, you know, SIBO or candida or something like that, um, or if you've got some hormonal dysfunction, that does exist. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying that's a small percentage of people. Uh, but the, the fitness and nutrition industry want to make it seem like it's everybody, like everybody's broken so that they can sell you this solution. Uh, and we, and we see it all the time. It's because they want to get an emotional reaction out of you because we make decisions based off of emotion. The reality is that most of us can just fix the basics. Like it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It doesn't have to be, you know, this whole complex situation. It's just getting back to the basics can, can really do a lot of good. Um, you know, anything that makes you feel less than just try to ignore it. And, you know, when, when we talk about like cultivating an environment for success, that's a big part of it is what you consume, the thoughts that you have about yourself, what you allow into your life. Um, this is an important one. Like, you know, stop following people who are, who are fear mongering. Stop consuming, you know, information that is making you feel worse about yourself. You should feel empowered within your journey. You should understand your body and, and know what makes you feel your best and what makes you thrive as a human. Like that is such an important part of the process. So, um, you know, understand how to get back to the basics, establish healthy habits that will, will serve as the foundation for everything that you do long term. Um, understand what your own biofeedback says, like, you know, listening, tuning into your body and, um, you know, creating that environment, creating that environment that allows you to thrive, um, that allows you to have that long term sustainability in place and not feeling like, you know, you're a broken mess that needs to be fixed. If that's how you feel, um, it's likely just a fear-mongering message that you can ignore. And it's, it's sometimes it's difficult because, again, it comes back to emotions. But, um, you know, what we have to do when we, when we get emotional about things is just sit with it. Understand that it'll pass. It's just, you know, like anything else, we, we just allow yourself to feel it and then allow it to move on. And then you can see firsthand that, you know, that emotion that you're feeling is not going to last forever. Allow it to pass and then try and make a logical and rational decision about what you're going to do with your body. And, and it's important to understand the difference between doing something because you feel less than and doing something because you feel, because you feel empowered by it. Um, so kind of along these same lines is number five, which is lack of education. Because, you know, the, the the fitness space if you're educated and you can see through the bullshit you're less likely to buy their bullshit solution and so um you know education is the one of the cornerstones of what we do um it's something that we've invested a lot of time and resources in lately and will continue to do so because when we're talking about the ultimate goal is providing you with the tools to be able to create your own lifelong solution and not need a coach. Like I, I, wrote a, I wrote a whole email about how my ultimate goal is for all of my clients to fire me eventually. I want them to get to the point where they are, um, they can thrive on their own without feeling like they need me to you know guide them along and that they have the tools that they are able to understand you know their own individual kind of variables and. Um, how certain things make them feel and things that they do that make them feel their best and um, having those lifelong habits in place that they're confident that that will carry them forward for the rest of their lives. Like 
that is the ultimate goal. Education is a huge part of that. Um, education definitely drives compliance up. I am 100% that way. If you tell me something to do, I'm probably not going to do it. But if you tell me the why behind it and that makes sense to me, I'm all in. Like that is for me, that's a huge buy in. So that's a big thing that we do is we always want to tell you the why behind what we're doing. But with the fitness industry, most people just want to give you rules. They just want to tell you what to do. They don't actually want you to be educated because if you have this, if you have the tools to succeed on your own, the dieting cycle ends, right? And that's not good for business, right? For most, for most programs, it's like they want you to go through the program, see some success. Then when you inevitably fall off, they want you to think back to, oh, well, that program got me the temporary results, so I need to go back to that. Like one of the most fascinating things that I ever heard was about Weight Watchers, and they were like, you know, one of the things that makes us so special is we have um, we have such a high percentage of repeat users. And in other words, they were they were quoting a statistic about how many people do Weight Watchers, leave, and then go back to Weight Watchers. And now this is not meant to to bash them because this could apply to really any diet program. But the the problem is that that's not a good thing. Like they were they were like puffing out their chest. Like we have such great repeat, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, like a repeat consumer base. But if you did your job, that person wouldn't need to come back because the issue is that whatever they did wasn't sustainable. When they went through that phase the first time and then they left, it wasn't sustainable. You didn't give them any tools or education to succeed on their own. So they had to come back to what they believed was the answer, but it was actually the problem. And this is something that you see all the time, like not providing that true education, not helping people understand individual context or individual variables and just, you know, spouting out like, like I said, the the fear mongering, like you have a problem, you need this solution uh, but never actually connecting you to why or what like what we're trying to accomplish out of it or you know anything about like the deeper meaning behind it. So um, it's just you you could basically even if you do have um, you know if you find a program that is supported by science, like you could find a study to confirm or refute anything. So we even have to take that with a grain of salt. Like somebody could say. You know, our program is all about fasting. It's all about time restricted feeding. And they could cite all of these studies that support why fasting is the best way to go. And you will, you could easily find that. Like you can go over there and you can over, go over to Google and, and just look up the benefits of fasting. You'll find a bunch of stuff. But then on the, on the flip side of that, you could have a program that's like, well, our process is all about, you know, stoking that metabolic fire. So we're going to do, you know, six meals spread out evenly throughout the day. Um, and they can have a bunch of studies that support that. And they would also be right. Like you could Google the harms of fasting and you'll get a bunch of stuff that comes up, or you could Google about, you know, meal timing or anything. Basically you can skew data however you want it. So we always have to, you know, understand that whatever you hear is likely going through some form of confirmation bias, uh, they like to kind of um, cherry pick data, cherry pick research to, to support whatever they're trying to get you to do. Again, personal application and context is so important. That's everything. So when you hear the information, 
when you hear whatever study it is, you have to filter that through your own lens. And um, Cody and I did a podcast about that. Um, I guess it was the two episodes ago. So episode 47, I'll double check that, but you can just go back and look at the episode I did with Cody where we talked about this at, at great length. And um, that's one that you should definitely listen to to understand personal application. So education is key, but practical application for each individual is what matters the most. All right, so we're moving on to number six, which is everything is externally focused. So when you think about the diet industry, we see before and afters, like testimonials about weight loss and how, the, how you know, it's all about an external goal, which is because most people have an external goal. Like, let's be honest, uh, you know, most of us are, are looking to lose some fat and, or we want to build some muscle we, or we just want to look better naked. There's nothing wrong with any of those goals. As long as you're not hurting yourself or others, like go for it. Absolutely take control. And, um, if you want to change your physical appearance, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, with the caveat of as long as you're not hurting yourself or harming yourself or, or hurting others, um, there's nothing wrong with having an external goal. However, if you simply just focus on the external, you probably won't get there. You know, the the reality is that mindset is more important and that's going to set you up for the the long-term ride that it's going to be. You know, it's never going to happen as fast as you want. Your expectations are never going to be met. There will be setbacks. There will be, you know, periods of frustration, plateaus, periods where you feel like, you know, you just took two steps forward and six steps back. All of that is going to happen. So if our mind is not in the right place, I don't care what your external goal is. It's not going to get there until we fix the internal first. Now, when I say internal, yes, I mean mindset, but I also mean internal as far as internal health goes. You know, just getting an external goal and taking it to an extreme at the Uh, at the expense of internal health might not be worth it. Again, we have to think of, you know, health as this all-encompassing sphere that just getting abs and getting to a super low level of body fat is not healthy. Um, So we kind of have this balancing act where you can have an external goal. Like if you want to step on stage and you want to hit an extreme level of leanness, like totally go for that. But we don't want to mistake that as healthy. And we also have to understand from a mindset perspective what's going to happen there. So with all these like caveats in mind, for most people, it serves us much better in the long run to take care of internal health first and to get our mindset in the right place, um, which most of the time, the external will just become a side effect of that. If you can you know, embrace the long game, if you can embrace... You know, being patient and just hammering the basics and doing the boring shit that actually works, you'll eventually get there. Like if your mind is in the right place, the external will just happen. Uh, It will almost feel like, you know, it will feel like a long time when you're thinking about it. But then when you're actually in it, you'll look back and you'll be like, wow, I can't believe how fast things move. Like when we take care of the mindset first, when we take care of internal health first, the external becomes a side effect of that. Um, you know, and if you think about it, try to try to think of all of the times that you've failed on a program. Um, I'll list off some reasons for myself. Uh, number one, self sabotage. Number two, trying to be too perfect. 
Number three, I was afraid to succeed. Number four, I was afraid to fail. Like all of these have nothing to do with the actual external process or, you know, uh, the exercise or the nutrition or anything like that. They were all internal. It was all mindset driven. It was all in my head. It was self-limiting beliefs. It was, you know, all or nothing mindset. Like if I, if I wanted to succeed, it had to come from a place of fixing the mindset first, fixing the internal first. And that's what happened. I, I did not get to where I wanted to, to be until I took care of that. Uh, once I did, everything became just much more effortless. It all made sense. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do now. You will hear me talk about mindset more than anything else. Um, I just did a whole course on mindset because I feel like that's the limiting factor for most people. I truly believe that. Um, and that's something that I will always be passionate about. Always, um, That will always be kind of the underlying message that I always hammer home. I'll help people get to where they want to go physically. I'll help people with external goals. But it will always happen by getting the mindset and the internal taken care of first. Because I know that way it's going to be sustainable. The other way, I did it the other way. I, I focused on the external. I only wanted to get abs. I didn't care about anything else. I was willing to put myself through whatever crazy protocol it took and it, it never lasted. And along the way, I developed some body dysmorphia, orthorexia. I was unfulfilled. I ruined relationships. I ruined the relationship with my body. Like all of these side effects of that, when I flipped it around and took care of the internal, now it feels like something that I have for the rest of my life. And, and that's a, it's a truly um, empowering feeling. So again, taking care of the internal, that's going to make the external long-lasting and just more effortless. Um, And the last way that the fitness and nutrition industry has failed you is with a lack of accountability and support. Um, More accurately stated, it would be the lack of the right kind of accountability and support because, you know, there are programs out there that's like, you know, you can text us anytime or, you know, email us anytime, but then the response isn't great or it's an automated response or they just hit you back with a set of you know FAQ or do's and don'ts or a grocery list. Um, I actually had a client who screenshot a um, response from her coach who she immediately got rid of, but it was basically like she asked a question and he was like, you paid for our service, you should probably follow it. And I was like, is that really how people are coaching out there? Um, and I bet you that they promote themselves as like, we have great accountability and support. We'll respond right away. Yes, true. He responded right away, but it wasn't helpful at all. It was basically like, just follow the fucking plan or get lost. And fortunately she chose the get lost path, which was the right choice in my opinion. But the, the thing is that real coaching requires real support. And that is more of an art than a science. It's relationship building. It's getting to know each person as an individual. It's addressing those mindset struggles that I just talked about. Um, you know, addressing the self-limiting beliefs, helping people unpack those internal struggles. Um, it means education. It means helping um, the client apply that information within the context of their life. Uh, you know, sometimes it means being real. Like sometimes it does mean calling someone out on their own bullshit, but other times it means just picking them up and being a cheerleader. Like it, 
it truly does require, you know, it, it requires a great deal of empathy. It requires, uh, like I said, it's more of an art than a science. Um, knowing people, knowing like how to coach different personalities, how to get a message across. Um, and the ultimate goal is you want the person, the individual to feel like they got there on their own. So not that you were just like barking orders or whatever, but you were kind of guiding them so that they could come up with the solution on their own. And you're there to kind of, you know, support and, and steer the ship a little bit, but you're not just barking orders at them. Um, you know, so that, that true accountability, it's like, you know, sharing in the positive, sharing in the negative, not feeling like um, you can't share your struggles with your coach like you should be those are those are the best areas for feedback like when you struggle or when you have a a perceived failure as a coach as much as i hate to see that it's also the most valuable lesson so we can use that properly like we can use that to our advantage um it's the best way to learn and grow and then um the other thing that's helpful is having a community around you so knowing that you're not alone knowing that the stuff that you're experiencing and the hardships that you're facing there's a bunch of other people that are going through the same shit um so just knowing like you know i'm not alone in this i'm not broken i'm not the only one who has this problem and um having that community is is so important uh it's you know it's hard change is hard it takes work it takes patience discipline struggle um it doesn't come easy. So having that true accountability, that's honestly for me, that's why I have coaches. Uh, I know that it's not easy to do on my own. I have coaches in my business. I have coaches with nutrition. I have coaches with training. I just know what real accountability and support looks like. And it is a whole lot easier to have that in place than to try and go about it on my own. So that is it. The top seven ways the fitness and nutrition industry has failed you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, Just hit me up on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And if you enjoy this episode or any of the podcast episodes, leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. And you can always uh, read some of my blogs at neurotypetraining.com. I will talk to you guys very soon.